From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. And, and it's a very interesting lawsuit. It reads almost like a story, uh, which fits into the whole game uh, nar- narrative here. But they also did something that's probably my favorite part of this whole, f- this whole fight. So Epic, so simultaneously, at the same time as they dropped their uh, lawsuit, they dropped a video. And this video parodies Apple's famous 1984 commercial. Welcome back to another season of the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. The clock has been ticking for months as developers chafe against Apple's app terms and conditions, exploding into the light with last week's actions by the maker of the widely popular game Fortnite. Former U.S. Department of Justice attorney John Mark Newman takes over the game controller to temper the antitrust implications. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, John. Welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back. Good, good. Uh, first, can you lay out the game board? Well, uh, the way you conceive of this game is probably going to depend on who you ask. But I think tensions really started escalating last week uh, when Epic Games introduced a new version version of Fortnite for the iPhone. And Fortnite, just by way of a little bit of background, uh, but pro- some of the listeners probably know, is is free to download and play. But if you want to upgrade your character, that's going to cost you. So within this game, Fortnite, you can make what are called in-app purchases. And that's basically where you just enter your credit card information and you can buy within the game. You don't, don't never have to leave the game. You can buy new outfits or new costumes, or new weapons, <laughs> all that sort of fun stuff. And this is selling these in-app items is actually a pretty common way for app developers to make money especially when the app itself is free to download. But there's a catch. Of course there's a catch. If Uh you're an app developer and you want your app to be available on iPhones and iPads, you have to agree to play by Apple's rules. And one of those rules is you have to use Apple's payment processing system for any of those in-app purchases. Mm -hmm. Well, as you might expect, Apple's processing service is not cheap. So Apple actually charges about 30% on everything developers can sell within their games uh, or their apps. And if you want a comparison point, like is 30% a lot? Well, other payment processors like Square charge about 3%. Mm-hmm. So Apple's mm-hmm. charging 10 times what uh, other processors are charging here. And Apple's rules prevent app developers like Epic from either developing their own processing systems or using these much cheaper alternatives. So what Epic did that really started this whole battle was that they launched this new version of Fortnite and it gave players an option. They could either use Apple's more expensive processing system, in which case you'd have to pay more for the same, you know, costume or weapon or whatever, or you can use uh, uh, Epic's system and you get mm-hmm. a discount on that new fancy costume or, or, or weapon. And as you can imagine, Apple was really not happy about that. Uh huh. So, so Epic really fired the first shot by by offering this sort of backdoor to uh, to payment. How did how did Apple c- counter that? Well, Apple 
pretty clearly was expecting this because they almost immediately retaliated. And the way they did that was to drop Epic's app from the Apple App Store. Now, what that means then is that every iPhone and iPad user who hasn't already downloaded it can no longer download any Epic app uh, onto their device. So this is basically the nuclear option in this in this fight. Uh, more than 58% of all smartphone and tablet users in the United States are Apple users. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking about this from Epic's perspective, Apple just effectively cut you off from more than half of your potential customer base, at least for smartphones and tablets. So that was a, that was a big deal, a, a big, strong uh, counter move by Apple. Mm-hmm. And then what was Epic's counter counter? Oh man. Okay. So this is, this is fun. And this is where it gets into antitrust law. Uh, my, my favorite area to talk about. Um, so Epic then responds or counter counters by filing an antitrust lawsuit against Apple. And, and it's a very interesting lawsuit. It reads almost like a story, uh, which fits mm-hmm. into the whole game uh, narrative here. But they also did something that's probably my favorite part of this whole, this whole fight. So Epic, so simultaneously at the same time as they dropped their uh, lawsuit, they dropped a video. And this video parodies Apple's famous 1984 commercial. So back in the 1980s, Apple was actually the upstart company. And they released this brilliant commercial that portrays IBM as Big Brother from Orwell's 1984 novel. And Apple is this young female athlete that smashes a screen projecting a speech by Big Brother or IBM. So we fast forward 35 or so years. Um, and now Epic is depicting Apple as the big bad monopolist. Uh, and it's actually a little more literal in that the Apple character actually has an apple for a head. And and then Epic is this young female character from the Fortnite game who smashes the screen showing the Apple character. In other words, Apple has gone basically from from challenging Big Brother to being Big Brother. And if you stick around this antitrust arena long enough, uh, everything seems to come full circle. How does this compare to other efforts uh, to combat Apple's I guess, a bit of the app Apple. Um, (laughs) Uh, And also maybe we should talk a little about uh, in that how uh, there are are suggestions that Apple then develops their own games that are compete with with the games that the developers have launched. Yeah. So this is a this is an interesting question there. This is not the only fight that Apple is involved in, of course. And certainly not the only fight going on in the big tech antitrust arena. Um, so, but this this one grabbed my attention. The first thing that you notice right off the bat when you're reading through this complaint is that Epic, uh, the makers of Fortnite, have hired some really big guns in this fight against Apple. So th- among their team of attorneys uh, at Cravath, one of the biggest, you know, uh, most prestigious law firms in the world, are a former U.S. federal judge and a former head of the U.S. Department of Justice Antitrust Division. So these are some heavy hitters. So that grabbed my attention right away. These are the kinds of attorneys who don't take a case if they don't think they have at least a decent chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Another thing that makes this different even from similar lawsuits against Apple is that Epic has done, I think, a really brilliant job of, of, of setting themselves up to be able to show harm to consumers. 
So what they were doing when they were offering people a discount for using Epic's payment system as compared to Apple's system was not just not just being nice to consumers, I think. They were also creating a record to say, hey, judge, look what happens when we break these rules. It's better for consumers. And then the other thing I might note is, you know, we've, I think, got some changing political attitudes about antitrust and big tech. There was a big U.S. Uh, congressional hearing not too long ago where you saw a bipartisan uh, group of, of Congress people really raking these companies over the coals. So, you know, you didn't see that for, for many years. And I think that maybe the political winds are changing here. Yeah, they were definitely the darlings of uh, inside the Beltway for, for many years. This is an interesting question. What if Apple tries to basically just copy whatever Epic is doing? And you can see similar strategies arguably being used by other companies. Facebook, for instance, has been um, accused of trying to mimic TikTok. Mm-hmm. And this is an I say it's an interesting area because it's one of those areas that to a layperson sounds maybe unfair. It sounds like it may be an unfair method of competition. And shouldn't that violate the antitrust laws? But the traditional antitrust answer is to say, well, actually, that's just competition. And uh-huh. we like competition. So it's it may be far from a violation. It may actually be the thing that antitrust likes. Now, that's a little counterintuitive, but that's the traditional answer. Cool. Um, so what's next for for the the game makers and the other antitrust actors in in this realm? Well, one thing we haven't talked about yet that would be looming large in this case is that uh, Epic has also sued Google. They filed a very similar lawsuit against Google, uh, charging that it does similar things with Android. So this lawsuit is Epic, uh, itself a a billion dollar (laughs) company, taking on two of the biggest players in big tech, Google and Apple. What's next? You know, Maybe this is just an effort by Epic to get some concessions from these companies and then they'll settle the lawsuit and it goes away. But I don't think so. I think Epic is led by a CEO who wants to take on this fight really from a public minded perspective. I think he truly believes these rules that these companies have put in place are are bad for the public. And he's almost stepping into the shoes of a federal enforcement agency acting on the public's behalf. So it's really one to watch, I think, going forward. And I think all eyes will be on this one for for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. I wonder what his avatar is, the head of Epic. (laughs) I'm guessing it's not an Apple. (laughs) Um, Well, the the Google part of this equation, I mean, Google's a much, you know, to use yet another bad cliche, another, a much smaller bite of the Apple of are there there the amount they take much smaller or just the amount of users a, a smaller percentage of the overall market well it is it may be it may be both i think there are a lot of reasons that apple was the first company that epic sued uh, and i think the facts against apple are maybe a little more compelling than the facts against google so Google does have a smaller share of smart device users in the United States. It's bigger worldwide than Apple, but within the United States, we have more Apple users than Android users. And uh, it's also less of a uh, 
restrictive set of practices that's at play in the Google case. So Apple really clamps down hard on Mm -hmm. app store related stuff. Google seems to have a little bit of a looser hand, although a lot of the behavior is similar. So there are, Mm -hmm. there are a couple of differences between the two cases that make Google look at least from Epic's perspective, like less of a threat, a little less predatory. Um, I guess my last question to the flip phone using professor would be, are you a gamer? Oh, no. I was hoping I wouldn't have to admit this, but I I did download Fortnite a few months ago before all this happened, just because I wanted to, you know, stay in touch with what the kids were doing. And <laughs> it is hard to, to, to pick up a video game as, as an adult. I was just getting mowed down by these, you know, seven and eight year olds. And they were mac- they were making fun of me the whole time. That was the worst part. They were on their microphones oh. laughing at me. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, from the pinball wizard here. Um, well, cool. This has been really fun. I, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. Stay healthy, my friend. All right. You too. Bye now. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you love our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Ray D. Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uges. Today's episode is brought to you by Miami Law's Intellectual Property Law Programs, through which students obtain a solid understanding of the intersection of law, business, and innovation. For more information, visit law.miami.edu forward slash intellectual dash PR.